Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And you are listening to a brand new episode, finally, of the Gourmet Goover podcast. We are back. <laughs> you can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw, obviously on the Twitter machines. You can also hit me up at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. And as always, I am so proud to be here with my best friend, my BFF, my hubby, that dude, the Dark Desperado. Damn right. <laughs> we'll be saying that forever because the pandemic will be going on forever. That's right. Big Daddy, a.k.a. T. Outlaw. How's it going, babe? It is going well. <laughs> well, on the internet, you can find me, T. Outlaw, at T. Outlaw, that's T-O-U-T-L-A-W, on Twitter, and on Instagram, at Tiala Josie Wells. Like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever get around to seeing the movie? Oh, Josie Wells? Yeah. yeah. Well, Josie Wells, yes, I did. Okay, okay. Because I know for a while that was like your tagline, but you've never actually seen the outlaw Josie Wells, which shocked me because I grew up watching spaghetti westerns all the time, the Italian ones. Right. And so, yeah, I've seen that movie like a kabillion times. <laughs> yeah, my dad used to watch it. It was just... Well, since, you know, your dad watched it, you know, you just, you never fall into it. And just one day, like one random Sunday, I got bored and I just sat down and watched it. It is good. Not yeah. as good as the good, the bad, and the ugly and a fistful of dollars. But How still good. dare you? <laughs> so anyway, we are so happy to be back. Oh my gosh, you guys. This has been just the most insane month. We didn't mean to be gone as long as we did. Um, we had some technical issues that came up, i.e. that our microphones no longer decided to cooperate with us. The dog ate the microphone? <laughs> well, my excuse, which I like my excuse, is that Loki, the god of mischief, effed up our microphones. But you don't like that because of my new fascination with Loki and its portrayer, Tom Huddleston. Hilston. <laughs> Like Mariah said, why are you so obsessed with him? <laughs> I am not obsessed, but dude, I've been, you guys who listen to the show regularly know that I am a ginormous Marvel fan and Marvel has been putting out their television shows that have been part of the MCU on Disney Plus. And they just finished up um, the third show, which is Loki. And I'm obsessed with Loki now. And I'm still in my feelings two weeks later after the show had ended because Loki just messed up the timeline for the MCU. And then female Loki broke his heart and his only friend is gone. And I'm just like, I'm in like this emotional, like wild land. And yeah, in the middle of that, I was like, wow, I never really realized that. But, you know, that Tom Hiddleston dude, he's awfully cute. And then it's like, it's not his, he's cute. It's his voice. It's his English accent. It's his, his voice. <laughs> voice. <laughs> Out of all the things. Yes. That, okay. Tr true story, y'all. <laughs> there is something on, on YouTube that I'm obsessed with. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys. Oh, my God. There are a lot of people who share my fascination with his voice. So there are a lot of postings of just Tom Hiddleston reading stuff. Apparently, he's, like, this super geek for, like, poetry and, like, Shakespeare. And you know me, I'm a nerd. So I'm like, yes! 
he has this great voice like Idris, but better. Well, no, not really. Just Idris's voice is great too, but it's great in another way. So it's just like this video called Loki Reads You to Sleep. <laughs> and it's just him reading poetry. <laughs> so I told Big Daddy and Big Daddy's like, I am disturbed by this. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm still to this moment disturbed. So I told him, okay, maybe I won't be so fascinated if you can learn to speak like Loki. So for the past couple of weeks, you guys, while we've been trying to fix the equipment, Big Daddy has been practicing a very specific line from Tom Hiddleston. You want to share it with people? No. <laughs> Now, um, I am an African-American male from the middle who was born and raised in the middle of Indiana. And I'm going to try to perpetuate a random, I don't know, is it Cockney? Actually, his background is kind of interesting. So he's from London. I mean, his mother is English, apparently. And his father, his father. Mother, father. His father is Scottish. So he's got like this weird combination thing going on but loki says this line where i'm loki of asgard and i'm burdened with glorious purpose oh once again that is <clears throat> oh you're gonna do it do it do it do it, do it. shut <laughs> up i am loki of asgard and i am burdened <clears throat> with glorious purpose yes you guys, when I tell you, <laughs> having Big Daddy practice that all week, I'm like, grateful wife. <laughs> so, who's ever listening, if you happen to know Tom Hiddleston, thank him for Loki because, you know, we've been married 16 years, you know, sometimes you need to mix it up. And now my monkey, my husband, up to me. Yeah, but this clown? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure he's a great actor and whatever, but like, out of all the the people in the MCU, this is what you found? Even his half-brother Thor, you know, Chris, Hel uh, Chris Helmsworth, like, like, dude, that voice is, is regal. It sounds sexy. So are you upset that I'm fascinated with someone who's not big and bulky and manly, like, yeah, but it's like machismo, like, it's easier, well, okay, it's not easy for me to pull it off, but at the same time, like, you, so you, you want the the voice of a, an English weasel as opposed to the buff Whoa! Australian. English weasel, that is hardcore. Hey, I'm going with the character, not the actor. <laughs> so, as you can tell, in our time away, yes, our main concern has been, of course, fixing our technology so that we can recur return to recording the podcast because we really miss it. But outside of that, um, yeah, I've been making my husband on demand say the Loki line. Like a damn monkey. <laughs> yeah, she'll come to me like, yeah. She'll turn to me at like 11 p.m. before she checks in. She's like, do the voice. Well, I want to hear the voice before I go to bed. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Once per bed. This is like medicine. It's like, once when she wakes up, <laughs> like, I'll be, like, dead asleep at some point. And she'll, like, come by and just be, like. I'll be rolling over. I'm like, hey, hey, I need the voice. I need I need the ear, Loki. <laughs> this is like the King of Queens episode where it was all of a sudden, like, do Rico. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> it's like, do Loki a fast card. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Okay, so now that we've shared our marital <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, role play. I'm still working <laughs> on like, you know, the voice I need for her to portray, and I haven't. Look, I told you, I if you had that. one, I would do it. I, I have to find one first. I'm like, can you do it? Oh, wait a minute. You do, you do Kim Kardashian. Never mind. I don't want that. You don't want that. Because my Kim Kardashian is kind of shady. Yeah, it is shady. <laughs> I, I don't need that vocal fry. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> I need none of that. No. You nope. do not want to hear my Kim Kardashian. It is further shady as fuck. It is shady. And <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> okay, I, I I understand. I'll keep working on it. Okay, so while you're working on it, and now that we have just shared this with the world, <laughs> how else was your week besides your wife making you say that on demand? <laughs> I am Loki of Asgard. Yes! <laughs> That's right, this is me. And I have had a bloody, lovely week. <laughs> or some... Some puppycock like that. Okay, you're leaving Loki now, and I don't know where you're going. Yeah, I'm getting a little too Andy Hopkins next. <laughs> yeah, you're ruining the fantasy now. <laughs> okay, I'm killing it. No, my week was pretty quiet. I've <laughs> uh, been doing a lot of work and just trying to get my rhythm down. And lo and behold, it's finally time for the Tokyo Olympics. Yes, which is a big deal because Big Daddy, of course... And we've never really specified where particularly you work, but you work in sports journalism. So there's certain events that happen that just kind of command all of your time. And of course, this being the Tokyo Olympics, how has that been covering for you? Because I think, I mean, you're not directly covering, you're like doing behind the scenes and editing and all that's good stuff. But still, there's a lot of nuances and like making sure you get the scores right and well, yeah, so the far, placement you know, and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're still trying to establish, like, you know, what we're covering. And, you know, since there's only so much, some of the stories are only coming from pool reporters that are, you know, either in Tokyo or in some, you know, random basement somewhere watching the TV. Well, you know, my job, I would like to say, is easy, but we don't know. It's still to be determined since it's so early in the competition. No, I have to say... It's. I had a chance to watch the opening ceremony, and it's so weird watching this because my understanding is the vaccination rates in Jap um, Japan right now, unfortunately, is not as high as other countries. And so there's a thought that maybe now is not a good time to host the Olympics. Um, so I, I pray that our athletes and all the athletes are safe and because they're coming from all over the world. And unfortunately, even though our vaccination rates are higher than some countries, that is going down a little bit more because people are just refusing to take the vaccine now. And there are variants. Yes. The Delta variant, um, again, without going into details where I work, I work with a lot of scientists. The Delta variant is nothing to play with. Like, the people that I work with are like afraid of the Delta variant and its effect on like those who deal with cancer and particularly certain types of cancer that affects your respiratory system. Okay. And yeah, so 
they're like, even though we're vaccinated, you know, that masking up thing, it's still, I know that's my choice. And I know that you've been doing it. And this is not like the part of the podcast where we chastise you if you don't get vaccinated. But we're asking you, please get vaccinated. Because from what I understand, the variant is pretty scary. And um, the thing is, the longer that we let these variants go unchecked and not eradicated from, you know, reaching herd immunity, which we won't be able to reach unless more people commit to getting vaccinated. Kind of like what happened with like polio, for example. You know, that used to be a rampant problem in this country. And then, I don't know, people got vaccinated and it kind of all but vanished. But if you don't reach that capability... That threshold. Yeah. um, The thing is, viruses are living things. This is a living thing. And they grow and they change and they mutate. So the Delta variant is hella resistant and scary. This is and then the next one like, over will be the same thing. Exactly. This is not something you can pray away and, like, you know, take care of with God and raid. And and don't get me wrong. I'm all for prayer and I'm all for um, faith and things like that. I'm a person of faith. But y'all know, I personally believe that God put that doctor there with the vaccine to help you. <laughs> I mean, that's... I, I'm one of those people who believe that God... Like the Oprah theory that God tries to get your attention first with the pebble and the pebble hits your head. So the pebble hitting your head is the people going through and you see other people, unfortunately, getting horribly sick and unfortunately losing their life. And then if you don't pay attention to the pebble, then God drops a rock. And then if you don't pay attention to the rock, then God drops a freaking boulder. And it's like, dude, hello? I sent the guy with the vaccine to help you. I, I don't know what else you need from me. <laughs> now I showed you that, like, you know, the, the consequences and repercussions of it. So at a certain point, I just, not that I'm advocating, but at a certain point, God has to straight up pimp slap you. <laughs> just so you get it. Okay. Because first. I'm not, tell, I'm not, go, I'm not even going to, like, hold back. I mean, at, am I vaccinated? Yes. Because I pretty much know that COVID comes knocking to my door I'm basically done for one, but two, you ever walk out, and I know I've said this a few times, like out in public, and you can literally see the Rona like walking behind somebody. <laughs> it's like a thief in the night. It's like, who is that your shadow? No, that's the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> okay, couple thoughts. And the Rona's we... picking pockets. <laughs> couple thoughts, and then we have to go back to the circle back to the Olympics, which is what we were trying the Rona to. Try. Okay, one. The pimp slapping Jesus is the best thing you have ever said on this pop. Oh, I'm sure I've said better things. (laughs) We have to find a way to put that on a t-shirt somehow. It'll offend a lot of people, but pimp slapping Jesus is my favorite Jesus next to McConaughey Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but should we explain McConaughey Jesus? Sure. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It came from one of our conversations because, okay, I'm of the belief that the Bible tells you what Jesus looks like, right? So, dark skin, hair of wool. Jesus looks more like me than he did the dude, the surfer-looking dude with the blonde hair and blue eyes. I That's always how I believed as a child. That's kind of my, my whole thing. I don't understand how 
the Bible directly telling you what the dude looked like and how that became a kind. Yeah, I understand how that happened because I don't know if I could say this on the show, but appropriation. Let's just say that it's a lot easier. There are certain populations who wouldn't worship a god if the god did not look like that. Okay. So we're just going to leave it there. But the whole thing is, I think one day we were talking, laughing about the idea that for a lot of people, they refuse the idea of believing that. Yeah. And you know what? I remember now I was working. Remember, I was working at that youth retreat center. Okay. And there was a group of people who stayed there for the week. And we had the retreat center was a social justice center. But it was tied to the Catholic Church, like it was founded by the Catholic Church. But it didn't teach Catherine doctrine per se. Okay. It just recognized his ties to um, the worker mission and the Catholic worker mission. And there was a group that stayed there who was angry that we had Jesus's images of all different, like we of had like, Asian yeah. images, we had several that was of black and Middle Eastern, and they're like, no. Much like Megan Kelly, Bain says Jesus is white. And, and I, just, I was voicing my frustration to you. I think I'm the one who came up with it. I'm like... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who came up with McConaughey Jesus? I think it came up in that conversation. It came up in that conversation, but who coined it? I don't know. I think you're the one who came up. Thank you. But I no, won't I credit <laughs> But no, I think it came up in the conversation with me, Okay. with you, and you're like, so in other words, the only acceptable form of Jesus is the one that looks like Matthew McConaughey. Right. <laughs> so that's been kind of our private joke of McConaughey Jesus. So, <laughs> Like you will bow before McConaughey Jesus before you get to like, I don't know, Jesus, hair wool, you know, black Jesus. Black Jesus. You know, it. it's just, you know, whether or not he even is... Technically, as you would say, like African or Middle Eastern is one of those things where Jesus does not look always look as what you think he does, I'm, even though the Bible tells you as such. OK, I'm not really sure how we got in this fact. But anyway, going back to McConaughey and Tim slapping Jesus. Yeah. Best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> going back to. The Olympics, there's been an outbreak of, um, unfortunately, COVID at the Olympic Village. And some people had to withdraw from the Olympic because they tested positive. Right. So I personally think, um, circling back, that we shouldn't have the Olympics now. But I know that it's good for everyone to sew life back to normal. And the only way that we are going to get life back to normal, we all get vaccine. Okay. That's it. And while true. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna step forward and say that sports has kind of been like that roundabout forefront of you know trial and error, right? And the Olympics is basically like the the big foreground now of where the next step is because you know baseball. Remember how like when baseball came back about a year ago? Oh yeah, that's right. And like they literally fumbled through it, and then. You had, you know, of course, the NBA in a bubble. Right. You had the NHL in the bubble, you know, where they had the Canadians up here, you know, only playing the Canadians and, you know, all of us trying to figure out, you know, whether or not they're playing a bubble down here. They weren't. Um, 
NBA oh, as such. That, did the Raptors make it home? Did the Raptors make it home? Yeah. Or are they still in Tampa? Uh, the Raptors? Yeah, remember? Um, weren't they, like, like stranded in, <laughs> in Florida? <'Cause>... Yeah, the, <laughs> true. The ones who had Canadian homes, they were able to get work, uh, get visas to come home in part. But most of them were, weirdly enough, were American or international. So they just basically left Tampa um, and they just went to their respective places of where their their natural uh, homes were. So, uh, but now the Olympics are the forefront of where the battle over, you know, vaccines and COVID is sitting down. And I got to admit, at least in the first couple of days of seeing the Olympic Games, uh, televised, you see more mass now than you ever will if you go like even down the streets of the gas station or the store. Oh my gosh, yes. Damn, it ain't, you don't see it here. <laughs> it's just not a thing, at least not in practice. Well, hopefully the Olympics won't occupy your time too much, but to be honest, I know that it's kind of like an all encompassing thing in the past when you've worked previous Olympics, is it different now that you're working from home and covering it though? Once again, still too early to tell, but right now, I mean, it's, I think the other thing that's kind of weird is because, um, if you think about the six, I'm sorry, five years ago, it was in Brazil. True. As you know, Brazil is, uh, well, you know, Rio de Janeiro, I think is on like, it's either mountain time and I know they have their own time zone, but like, I think it's, it was either a mountain time or California time. Um, in comparison to like where we are, where it's like Tokyo as well, what 17, 18 hours earlier. Oh yeah, that's right. So thus we're kind of like in that weird span, almost like Beijing where their day kind of starts when ours is like the previous day, like about to end. So they are so far ahead, you know, basically everything you're covering is like in um, arrears. So it's a weird thing. So we're still trying to figure it out. Well, hopefully <clears throat> your time covering it won't be so crazy. Um, I know for my week. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm losing my voice. I think it's from all the laughter over you doing Loki. That's right. You must take upon the Loki voice. <laughs> Speak well. By the way, the best time I've discovered to get your Loki voice is early in the morning when you wake up. Oh, that's when there's more bass in it. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I've learned to time my requests of you to make sure I get you close to it. But outside of that bizarre... Thing. I've just been extraordinarily busy at work. Um, but one thing that I did this week that I am kind of proud of is that I've been reluctant with everything going on and um, just, you know, I, I think we shared on a small basis something that happened with your health about six or, wow, it's almost a year ago, right? Yeah. About nine months ago. About nine months ago. But when you're in the moment of, oh my gosh, I have to take care of my partner, you forget to take care of yourself, right? 
And finally, Big Daddy was like, look, um, when's the last time you come to the doctor for, like, routine care? You, you kind of need to do it. And I know that it's kind of hard because, you know, the pandemic and things like that. But I, you know, I went to the doctor for, like, a first of a round of checkup on a couple things. And, you know, besides being chastised of, okay, we totally get it, this pandemic has made it hard for you to go to the hospital and things like that. But, you know, to be able to start doing, you know, just some routine care that, you know, comes with getting older. Um, I'm kind of in my feeling about that because I'm, what, two weeks out from my birthday? We won't talk about how old I am. I think I'm slowly approaching that age that I will not say my age after that. I haven't decided what age that is, but most women have it where it's like an age where I am not progressing past this age. <laughs> You know, Diana Ross had it so that she was older than my parents and then she was younger than my parents. And Well, the for, number goes backwards. Yeah, where it's it, it's just like every year, Entertainment Tonight celebrated her 50th birthday for a while. And my parents were like, um, how is that possible? We're like in our 50s. <laughs> she mm. was older than that. So I haven't yet reached that age where I'm just going to say I'm like 45 and I'm just going to stay 45. <laughs> but I know it's coming. So I've been really trying to focus myself on doing self-care and just, you know, picking and doing things that little things that bring me joy, because as we try to master what going back to normal actually looks like, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, because I can't go into the city as much as I want to because of just different things and, um, you know, seeing things open up and trying to balance do I want to go ahead and go versus stay so I'm just taking baby steps one of which is going to the doctor the other thing is that and mom and dad if you're listening please close your ears oh goody <laughs> no the faux nose ring because I'm considering getting my nose pierced and so I've been rocking a, a nose cuff for the last couple of days and I was brave enough to wear it on my one of my zoom meetings with my boss and they said nothing so I think I may actually get my nose pierced. <laughs> That's going to go over well when your parents see it. They're going, your mama's going to lose her mind. <laughs> One. Well, it's, you know, I figured out it could be like a really like tasteful hoop on the side of my nose. I just want to, as I'm, I'm in my mid forties. Oh, okay. I think I've actually passed my mid forties. Uh, you don't have to say anything. All you need to know is America and places who are listening to this, she is a little bit more than seven months younger than I am. And we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, but now it's the point where it's just like, you know, there are certain things that are happening with me that are just reminding me that I'm getting older. So I'm starting to do things that I haven't really thought of before. Like, yeah, I, I want to do a nose ring because I've always wanted to and now it's the time. F it. But then also, I'm just like, I'm changing my skincare routine. And then it's like, I'm actually adopting a skincare routine. It's supposed to just fall asleep, maybe, with all the shit on my face. <laughs> I'm paying attention to that now. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is, this week, <laughs> outside of making Big Daddy repeat the Loki line, which has brought me immense joys in ways he doesn't even know. <laughs> okay. I have also... 
been taking this time to be more introspective in my time with my doctors and everything and just making sure that I can enjoy health as I look at the next phase of my life. That's so cool. I have a remarkable impression. I'm lucky if I change my underwear from day to day. <laughs> Can I believe you said that? <laughs> I have like pandemic jeans. <laughs> that is true. There's a pair of jeans. I'm just like I'm going to hide them. You 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 shouldn't wear those anymore. No, this is like the uh, Kevin Garnett, like you no, know, the edict to uh, Craig Sagan. <laughs> the one where he's like. I want you strip naked, like everything, and burn it. That's right. We're not yet there yet. But... No, we're pretty close. <laughs> Lily, the pants got up at one point and walked away. <laughs> there was like what, like a t-shirt? I think I have like one of my alumni t-shirts that I, I, she did. I was like, you're done with that. That There are other clothes that we have. You don't have to wear that. <laughs> it was just so nice and comfy. <sighs> Yes. I can have, like, my pandemic socks that, you know, that Braxton just, well, Braxton took care of, you know, what God couldn't. Yeah, I I have to say our executive producer was tired of your socks. Yes, he was. He couldn't (laughs) couldn't stand the funk. (laughs) He said, I promised to funk the whole funk, and now I'm taking that away. Oh, my God. So, apparently, our listeners know that we're just, we're just like you, people. We we did with the pandemic socks and clothing. You know, we do goofy stuff to keep things lit in our marriage, even if it involves mimicking an English man that I've never met. <laughs> and occasionally we go to the doctor. So, yeah. So we hoped in our time away. <laughs> and we watched the Olympics. Yes, we've watched the Olympics and lots of Disney Plus. <laughs> So all jokes aside, though, we are happy to be back. We missed you guys. Um, Again, when the equipment and everything started malfunctioning, without going into a lot of details, it just affected the quality of the podcast in such a way um, from an audio component that we decided that we just couldn't record another podcast unless we were able to get the quality that we really felt that the listeners deserve. So... Again, we thank you for your patience. We totally miss you. We're happy to be back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do three stories um, in our What's Eating Us segment. And again, those are a reminder of the stories that cover the intersection between food and pop culture. And oh boy, we've got a barn burner of a story we can't wait to share with you. So we'll be right back. And you're listening to The Gourmet Goober. I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week, we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. 
So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from. And let's let's get get historical. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hey, this is the Outlaw again. And we are back with the Gourmet Goober Podcast with our segment of the podcast where we talk about the intersection of food and pop culture that we regularly call What's Eating Us. And this week we have three stories that, again, makes you think, make you talk, and it's kind of on the, you know, tip of what's going on right now. Um, so this first story is actually something that's near and dear Okay, near, but not necessarily dear <laughs> to dear, Big Daddy. Dear. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and this is in regards to if you are a Coca-Cola fan, particularly a fan of their very specific product called Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, you may notice a change in the near future. According to Fortune magazine, Coca-Cola and the soda giant, of course, has recently announced plans to change the formula of one of their flagship products, Coke Zero also known as Coke Zero Sugar. Now, the new Coke itself doesn't contain any new ingredients, but the officials say that the tweaks that they're making right now to the formula will make it taste more like regular Coke. And that's the whole idea behind Coke Zero, I guess, for those of you who like the takes of Coke Zero, Coca-Cola, but not necessarily the sugar in our calories, Coke Zero has been an alternative to Diet Coke, for example, which is another low-sugar product. Right. So with this, they are changing everything from the packaging. So the packaging will be more pronounced as far as prominent logoing. But even more importantly, they are tweaking from the formula. Now, if you're older like us, obviously, <laughs> you might remember that Coke sometime in 1985 also made an attempt to change the flavor of Coca-Cola. So they had like regular Coke, which was Coke. And mm-hmm. then they got rid of that and decided to make new Coke. That's right. And for the kiddies out there who were not young and who are too young to remember what happened when they did the new Coke thing, <laughs> people kind of freaking lost their minds <laughs> collectively where there were upset, angry people at the grocery stores and on television and the news. And it got to such a way that Coke decided to reverse their decision and brought back what they called traditional Coke. Now, I've always had a theory that they planned that all along. Like, they they could not have possibly thought that Coke Zero tastes better than regular Coke. And so, or Coke, you know, new Coke. So I personally think they did this just to kind of F with you to boost up shows of Coke. That's always been my thought from the time I was a little kid. Okay. Random <laughs> theory. I'll, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll listen, yeah. But to be fair... I guess, and I I understand that, do they still sell New Coke? I thought they still serve New Coke in some parts of the country, which is insane. Yeah, if you want novelty for something crazy, yeah, I'm sure somewhere there's some New Coke being processed somewhere because somebody had a taste for it. So, Big Daddy, as the big consumer of Coke Zero, how do you feel about this change? (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I mean, let's just call it for this. Coca-Cola and Pepsi are always experimenting with something. 
Because you remember when Pepsi went to, like, Crystal Pepsi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when, like, and actually miss Why it. did they do that? It was what a, were we thinking? Everybody went a little crazy. I admit, you, you know, during the 80s and 90s, they decided to put their finger in something and they said, let's just do something crazy. Let's have everything be clear. Everything. Right. Pepsi, gravy, everything clear. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, then they started tinkering with stuff. And then, you, of course, you dip your toe in the water. And, of course, some people are like, oh, we like it new. Or, oh, you know, maybe we like the old. Now, there are some people who just go straight up. They lose more than, like, you know, their minds. They lose their complete shit. <laughs> they just fall completely off the earth and, like, okay, I just, the hair's on fire. They can't lose it. Me, personally, I'm like, okay. I, as a person who, because of health concerns, cannot drink regular Coca-Cola nor regular Pepsi, uh, I guess I'm just subject to whatever they have to offer. Uh, I cannot remember. There was something that Pepsi did like not too long ago where they, they, I think cause the main ingredients are either in like Coke Zeros or Diet Cokes, um, was like the sweetener. It was like aspartame or something. Yeah. They switched it over to sucralose, which is what is in the yellow packet? Uh, Splenda. Splenda. Yeah. And that's kind of the standard now, which is why. Incidentally, I can't drink it because I can't, I can't take Splenda. Splenda actually makes me sick. Exactly. And my thing was, okay, whether it's, you know, sucralose, Splenda, or like aspartame, it's just, it's something I'm subject to because that's, if you want to drink it, you know, or you can go back to drinking water, but you know, if you're going to drink uh, Diet Coke or Coke Zero, which is like his bastard child. You're just going to have to stick with it. So I, I I freely admit, like, I sometimes I drink Diet Coke and sometimes I drink Coke Zero. So I'm not going to, like, lose my mind. But it really does. I'm going to have to wait to see what comes of it and what little modifications that they, they make. Because I remember, like, when Pepsi, like, went back to doing aspartame for a little while. And I think it was like in a light blue can. I was very much for it. But now I'm like, I, I kind of miss it. Because like, Coke Zero is, me personally, is I like it. But Coke Zero is kind of like, it's almost like drinking the Mountain Dew of like Diet Coke. Ugh. And I know that makes no sense. But it's like, it's almost like they amped up the caffeine and like the, like the sucralose that's in it. It doesn't taste like regular Coke. Yeah, it's not organic. I'll say it's that. It's not in any way, shape, or form, at least in my opinion. But I know people who swear by Coke Zero. Like, they swear they can't tell the difference. And I'm like, what have you been drinking all your life, personally? But that's just me. So that's why I'm just, like, staying out of it. But I do remember, like, just the deep hatred that people had for New Coke. And by the way, I do want to correct something I said just a few minutes ago. Okay. So I Googled it, and New Coke, I remember, was continued for several years after um, they brought back to Coke Classic. Because remember, ah, yes. when they brought it back, they are like, oh, dude, we're sorry. Our bad. We're going to bring back the Coke Classic, which flew off the shelves. <laughs> and for a long time, they sold the Coke Classic, and then eventually they dropped 
the classic part and just left it as Coke again. But the new Coke, they serve, believe it or not, they ran new Coke in parts of this country up until July 10th, 2002. Okay. Yeah, so I knew it was way past in 1985 because when I was in grad school, I'll never forget this. Um, I went to grad school at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I was... That's where all the coke heads were. Uh-huh. There's a store that I went to when I was on the coast called Piggly Wiggly. Don't ah. laugh. Piggly Wiggly is a thing. And Piggly Wiggly had new coke. Okay. And I remember laughing like, oh my God, this is where all the new coke goes to. You know, because they made a shitload of it, right? And you're wondering, where did it go? Apparently it went down there. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I tend to believe that's Back exactly then, you could probably it. get new Coke, but yeah, they finally discontinued it in 2002. But let me guess, they were also the ones that were walking around with the Buffalo Bills like Super Bowl champion shirts, were they? <laughs> no, I'm sure they were. That's where you remember how they, you know, if you lose the Super Bowl or like the NBA Finals, like those t shirts that they had like made that they send to Africa or something to you know, clothe the children. That's probably where they sent all, like, the new Coke cans. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> anyway, so do you think people are going to lose their mind? Because here's the thing. They're slowly sneaking out the new formula of the Coke Zero now. But by September, they're expecting to go nationwide with it. Mm-hmm. So how do you think people are going to respond? Don't know. Depends on the modifications that they make. Because they said there's not any new ingredients. It's just going to make it more Coke-like. Just means, just like when they went from Diet Coke to Coke Zero Sugar, they literally just amped up the the caffeine and the, I would say, the sucralose and said, boom, there it is. So maybe they either amp it up or they, you know, ramp it down. <laughs> there, it's maybe not so much in, like, new ingredients. It's maybe just in the fine-tuning of you know, the amount of crap they stick in it. But you know what? Soda, soda companies are notorious for just coming up with odd changes and things that they don't need. Like, remember when Pepsi came out with Pepsi One? Which I never understood. Like, okay, you're concerned about the calories, okay? So you can either drink regular Pepsi or Diet Pepsi that has no calories. Where is the stair step between the no calorie and the full calorie quote that you want the same soda, but just one calorie. Where did that make sense? Someone got paid a lot of money to come up with that. Yeah, but they won, somebody won that one calorie. Like, that one calorie was <laughs> like, okay. that one calorie made the difference. They wanted to make sure, like, I think the, pretty much, I'm just going to say, like, I think the bodybuilders were the ones that were drinking the, the Pepsi, I'm sorry, the Pepsi one. They were like, okay, we want that one. And that one is for the, you know. The dudes walking around looking like Schwarzenegger. They were like, you know, jam- like, I think it's one of those people that ended up like, you know, shooting up Mountain Dew in their veins. But like Pepsi One, and then there's a Pepsi Zero Sugar, and then there's still Diet Pepsi, right? Yes. So why do you need both? Like the Diet Pepsi and the Pepsi Zero Sugar? One taste. Black wicker. 
that's my opinion. I think it is because one, you will taste the flatness quicker, like you know, once it's sitting out. The artificial flavoring is something you will taste after like 15, 20 minutes. And that's the thing. I can't. Well, first of all, for some real reason, sucralose just doesn't set well with my stomach. I don't know what it is. But then it got to the point where even aspartame, it's just artificial sugar. What did you call it? Artificial sugar shit? Yeah, artificial sugar (laughs) shit. It's like. ASS for sure. That's right. Once again, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> so if oh, anybody mad, blame me. He's like, I want all the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I'm catching it all. Send your emails to thegorbygoover.com. Attention, Big Daddy. <laughs> no, attention, Loki. <laughs> Don't bring Loki into this. <laughs> Loki had nothing to do with this. Hey, if he's going to you know, take the, the promise, he's going to take the blame. <laughs> That's right. Artificial sugar shit was made by Loki. Poor Tom Hiddleston. The if this ever gets back to him, he's going to be like, okay, so there's this like random woman in Indiana who's like fascinating, uh, fantasizing, but only about my voice, not me. Oh, and apparently I'm getting all these angry letters about some stuff. random products. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm a big fan, though. Trust me. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> So, moving on to the second story. And this is the story that I admit, during my time away, oh my god, I have just been, like, fascinated by it. I've been just chomping at the bit to go back to recording, because I wanted to talk about this, because this is just so huge. So, for those of us who are foodies, you may be familiar with a social media um, um, food sensation. His name is Darius Will. Williams. He's known by his business name of Darius Cooks. Okay. Is it Cooks or Crooks? We'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) So Darius Cooks has been on social media where he does content with him cooking and making um, stuff. Um, He's has like his pound cake business, I want to say, where he um, ships pound cakes out to people. At one point, he had various restaurants that have since closed, one in Atlanta, oh no, two in Atlanta, and then one in Chicago-based. Um, Darius has more than one million followers on Facebook alone, right? And he has huge following on Instagram where he's known. Well, over the past month, Darius has run afoul of two prominent women in the cooking sphere when it comes to Um, cooking and food blogging and things like that. One person you probably know, if you're a fan of the Food Network, um, co-host of The Kitchen, and she also had her show, I believe it was called Sunny For Real, um, Sunny Anderson. And then also, the other person he ran afoul of is Angela Davis. And those of you who uh, follow her on Twitter, you better know her as The Kitchenista. And the Kitchenista, let me just stop and say, I've been a fan of the Kitchenista for a while. I've made her recipes before. She is a kind of an indie cookbook author, so she has a lot of cookbook ebooks. Was she the one with Big Afro? No. Okay. I'm thinking of a different Angela Davis. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yes, yes, you are. So here's the thing. 
Darius is very popular and he's known for his multiple businesses. They also was there also a leader for leader lead singer for Cootie and the Bullfish? No, that's Darius Rucker. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Continue. Keep up. <laughs> sorry, I'm still in my Loki thought. Wrong, Darius. You Don't are, blame Loki for that. <laughs> Never mind. Loki, Loki, if you're listening, sweetheart, it's not your fault. <laughs> See, you have me talking to Loki now. Okay, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Stop it. Anyway. So there have been allegations for years now that despite his shiny reputation on social media, that he's not everything that he seems. And that's where these two women have come in because they have lit a fire online and it's still going. So, for example, if you go to Twitter and to Instagram to a lesser extent, and if you use hashtag Darius crooks instead of Darius Cooks, you will see a whole list of multiple allegations that have come from fans who once supported his work, but now say that he they he defrauded them, to even fellow chefs who have accused him of doing everything from stealing recipes, and even in one case, a, an incident of assault with one of his former employees. Really? Yes. So, according to the Griot Online, this has been an allegation that's been going on for over a year. And those have accused him of not sending cookbooks that they've ordered, refused to fund tickets to his popular, um, and this happened before the Rona, but he had these things where there were dinner parties called Dining with Darius, where they would be um, scheduled, then canceled. He even at one time had a shipping, um, a food delivery business out of Chicago. And I can't read my own chicken scratch, otherwise I would point it out. Um, yes, it's called Fresh and Go. So it was a food delivery business of his that he created in Chicago. And I remember this several years ago. And Fresh and Go went out of business. Well, come to find out, and this is how Sonny Anderson got involved, because at one point when Sonny Anderson had her show, Sonny For Real, she brought Darius on as a favor to kind of you know, encourage and uplift black um, cooks on her platform. Well, people started reaching out to Sonny and like, dude, since you know him, make him pay what he owe. And it turns out that Darius, when he closed down Fresh and Go, one of the reasons why he closed it down and supposedly fled from Chicago is he billed people's credit cards and never delivered the groceries. Ooh. Yes. I thought it was something as simple as not putting ketchup on a hot dog. No. Oh, he went flagrant. And apparently he has a whole history of unpaid wages in his wake from the three restaurants that he closed. Again, there were two in Atlanta called Soul um, Crab Atlanta and Gravy. And then in Chicago, there was a restaurant. Um, or no, it's Greens and Gravy in Atlanta. And there was a Soul Crab Chicago that he closed. Now, one commenter in particular, and this is regarding um, the assault, at one of the restaurants that have since closed, there's a woman by the name of Kiara Ross. And she um, worked as a server at a restaurant. She filed a police report for assault after confronting him for not paying them her wages. Mm. So apparently there is a long history of receipts. Okay. 
from waging everything. And let me just say, first of all, again, fan of the Kitchenista. Second of all, may she never piss me, may I never piss her off. Because girlfriend has receipts for weeks. What kind and of receipts is she pulling out now? She what has been sharing on? everything from, like, copies of, like, apparently he stole some of her recipes. Oh, my goodness. And some of her recipes have appeared adapted in his book. Right? So he's doing, like, major appropriation. Right. In some cases, he's copying. She mentioned that there's, like, something to copy and pasting. I've, I'll be honest. I've looked at his videos in the past, but I've always found it confusing because he doesn't always share all the details of how to create something. Um, as a former food blogger, because the Gourmet Goober itself, it started off as a food blog, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I told you when I first started food blogging was you have to be really careful in how you write the recipes. Remember how it was a lot of trial and error? Like my, um, what was it? It was the, um, the chicken pot pie. And remember, I make chicken pot pie from rote, right? So I don't measure anything. But for me to share this, I have to come up with how much butter, how much salt, how much, you know, how much items you put in. And apparently some of the recipes he's copied in his haste, he doesn't include all the information. But more importantly, it, for me, it's just the history of just taking advantage of multiple people. So, for example, the Fresh and Go delivery company, Sunny Anderson basically said that she had negative interactions where there were complaints of people who had given their credit card information. Like I said before, they reached out to me because he was on the show. I She personally called to say, yo, what's up? I gave you this platform. And now all of these people are like begging me for nothing else, but just want their money back and for you to stop billing them. She said, I called and asked what was going on, and he hung up. I called back. He never picked up again. And she said, hopefully, people who do business with him will research him. So when he add everything, he took an opportunity and ruined it. At every turn, he chose to be dishonest, and I hope he stops. So I would encourage you to definitely check out the hashtag Darius Crooks, because when I tell you that apparently the Kitchenisa came pow pow, as Winnie Williams said, with guns a blazing, mm-hmm. she totally did. And it's interesting how long this goes on. So, for example, one of the things that he's well known for is he has a business where he delivers pound cakes or he mails out pound cakes. Okay. But there's people who are reporting that the pound cake arrives late. And they're molded. Oh, my goodness. And you can't get any refunds. How do you mess up a pound cake? Apparently, it's possible. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I, I wanted to bring this up because, again, this has brought up a very complex thing. Um, Darius is well known, not only because of his cooking prowess, like he's been featured in Essence and things like that. Um, like I said before, he was on the Food Network with Sunny and her show. So there are some people who are defending him, even though that there's all these receipts. 
because there's an idea of, you know, within our community, we don't attack our own, even though in this case, it sounds like he's doing something that's really bad. Right. And to the point where he's, some of his followers had gone after the kitchenista and even Sonny Anderson for just going out and speaking their truth, even though once the hashtag started, there were literally hundreds of people who went in and said, yeah, this is what happened to us. This is what he did to us. So I found the story fascinating on two prongs, right? One, the whole idea of keeping in the community when there's something going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a responsibility if you know someone who's ultimately hurting, who shouldn't have a platform, right? Because keep in mind, he's taking visibility from another um, no, cook of color. Coming, yeah. Cook of color, which there's so few that are out there that are getting the prominence and, you know, and the platform they deserve. So how do you balance the idea of, okay, maybe this is not something you take to public, but in this case, you almost have to because there's a long line of people in their wake that he's run afoul of. Well, my opinion is that, you know, I'm not going to discredit anybody for, like, you know, making money however they do it. Now, that being said... You don't want to cheat people. No, but at the same time, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to put out your wares and however, I mean, because I believe that a lot of a lot of recipes and or, like, you know, products can sometimes be innovations and or adjustments upon others. Sometimes you have to let people know, you know, that if you deal with said person, they got, you know, they got marks. And that's what, you know, you just got to tell them, like, listen, buyer beware. This is, a, you know, you could tell them, like, hey, this is a person that I work with. And you got to make it publicly known, like, hey, we support our own, but at the same time, person here, you got some marks. And before you, you know, you deal with them, just know that these marks out there, you know, with all these people that have receipts, they got to let them know. Because they're going to, you know, if homeboy is going to do right, he's got to learn today that there are some people that, you know, that he's going to run foul of. And some people are not going to be nice about how they, how he gets dealt with. That's just the way it's going to go. Well, it's disturbing in the least bit some of the attacks that have been levied um, towards Sunny and the Kitchenista. So I invite you, to, our listeners, to kind of read up on it. There's two really great articles that I would recommend. One, an article that recently appeared in the Grio, and then the Grio linked to an article that was published in Southern Grit magazine. Um, again, I know this is a person with a lot of fans. I personally, I forget what it is. There was one recipe he made, which I, I jokingly said it would kill people because of the that fact. That would kill people? Because there's so much salt in it. Like he put like Old Bay in it and okay. then table salt and then lemon pepper salt and then adobo, which is salt. <laughs> salt. And I'm just like, how are you people supposed to eat this? So I've always wondered whether or not he eat all of of his sample of the stuff he makes. Okay, in terms of that recipe, there's like, okay, so you have a salt bay. This must have been like salt, bruh. <laughs> like, bruh. Seriously, hold up. The ancestor said, stop. <laughs> exactly. You know, we season our food until the ancestors reach out from beyond and said, it's okay, stop. 
The ancestors have long since said that for this recipe. Yeah, they had to call up, you know, they had to call up the pimp slapping Jesus to get that. <laughs> Not the pimp slap Jesus. <laughs> Literally, Jesus had to come and pimp slap and say, hey, stop. You oh, my God. Stop. You just okay. get, I, I don't know if we got to touch you on the shoulder or come with the boulder, but pimp slapping Jesus, when he show up, show's over. You know what? Oh, my God. Did I go too far? No. First of all. I pray that pip slap, hashtag pip slap Jesus is not a thing. Because <laughs> I feel that we will anger a lot of people. <laughs> that said, that is the funniest shit ever. <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm going to go to the yeah, when I When I pray tonight, I'm going to pray that, that I don't see pip slap Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of like seeing candy, man. <laughs> Just, you know, I got to make sure I don't say his name more than a few times. I think I've gone over my limit. I got to be careful. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> as I catch my breath and try not to cry from laughing so loud, let's roll right on into our last story. Okay. <laughs> and this is actually something that caught my eye. Um, because oftentimes there is an intersection with food and pop culture and it levies its way to sports. And since we were talking about sports earlier, I was interested because this is a recent challenge that was made by NBA star Javale McGee. Um, JaVale? Ja what did I say? Javale? Oh, God, JaVale. Sorry, JaVale. <laughs> JaVale, who plays for the Denver Nuggets, is actually um, <clears throat> asking fans to eat spicy vegan snacks, particularly one that um, it's hella hot <laughs> for a good cause. So it's called the hashtag hella hot challenge, right? And so he's asking people to eat as many of certain spicy snacks, vegan chips that they can without flinching. And all of that is to raise funds with something that he runs called Jug Life which is an organization that is designed to bring clean water to communities in need, which is still like, like when you think that Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water, right? Yes. <laughs> something that's important. So this is something he recently made a request for on July 13th. So it was created in partnership with a vegan snack brand called Outstanding Foods. And so the social media challenge will task people they just ask you to eat as many of the hella hot, hot outstanding puffs if they can in a span of 30 seconds without cracking, which means no sniffing, coughing, laughing, and definitely no snips of water. The penalty, because I've imagined there is a penalty. I'm, I'm shocked there is a penalty. But the penalty for participants who crack is water in the face thrown by a friend and a donation made to the Jug Life to support its mission. After posting their videos and challenge on TikTok, each participant is encouraged to tag three other people to keep the challenge going. And for this, Outstanding Food will match each donation up to $10,000. So the really great thing is this organization, Jug Life, they bring clean water to communities in Africa who doesn't have access to it. So it educates students around the world, kids, about the importance of a healthy lifestyle. And they're going to help not only communities in Africa, but also in the United States, because 
obviously, as we know from what happened in Flint, having access to clean water is essential to good health. Sure. So I, I guess Javel himself is vegan and he's gone vegan, I believe, back in 2016. And he's the one who actually got Kevin Durant, because um, my understanding is Durant is also vegan, or at least dabbles in that. So it's been something that he's been doing for a while. And I guess if he's he um, is one of the investors of this company called Outstanding Foods, along with Snoop Dogg. And if Outstanding Foods sounds familiar, remember when we did the piggy... The piggy list pig, pig rinds, pork rinds. Correct. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, this is the company that makes them. That, that's all I need to know right there. <laughs> so apparently McGee is like really committed to the vegan lifestyle. So in addition to his work with Outstanding Food, he also is an ambassador for Beyond Meat um, since 2019. And then he's got a group of professional athletes who invest in the brand itself. So, what do you think? Is that something that you want to try? Oh, and my understanding is your boy, Scotty Pippen, is also into the vegan lifestyle, too. But well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there are so many jokes that could come from that, but you won't be making them. <laughs> I um, didn't say anything. Yeah, but my opinion is, well, okay, as a person who is obviously not vegetarian nor vegan <laughs> I I actually fully support at least the the cause I support the snacks for those who would like to try it and portain of it and, I mean it's the cause I'm, I'm down with it I'm I will try it one I'm not gonna get inside of a challenge with anybody to try you know because as the guru will fully attest me and spicy food are not good friends. <laughs> no matter how much stuff I talk, no, I probably it, I, I'll try. You know, I'll try the uh, you know the snacks and whatever. I'm, I'm always down to try one thing. You know, at least once. That being said, it may not become part of my regular routine. But yeah, I fully support the cause. Now, for those fools on TikTok or Instagram or wherever you're, you know. You're pulling this off. If you want to take the challenge, go get it. But don't call me when you come crying. This is like, <laughs> matter of fact, I, I you know what? I think what I, I could do it. I think I could do it because you know I put hot sauce on my hot sauce. You put hot sauce on your hot sauce, but don't come crying to me when like <laughs> you know that tears your insides out. <laughs> but I will say this: if the person that you are looking for in the challenge, I'm sure that somebody somewhere has to. Uh, Tag Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal has to be the one that has to take this challenge. I will say that. Okay, that would be entertaining television right there. Yeah, because I remember there's something <laughs> that they made Shaq do on Inside the NBA. Oh, wait, it was that, that one that. chip that was like the ghost pepper chip. That's right. Yes, that was hella great. <laughs> I, I co-signed on your message. Exactly. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think as an, as a caveat, you also like you know, don't don't throw water in my face. Be like, you know, don't mess with me. You know, if you taunt me, you taunt me. But you know, just don't have pimp slap Jesus come look. <laughs> but more importantly, no, I, I I fully endorse. 
I fully endorse, you know, <laughs> trying, you know, like, doing this for a cause. Okay. You know what? I may just try it. You know, we have a TikTok page, Do Plum Good. We've not done anything because we've just been so busy in our day jobs, and um, we're looking to bring someone on to help us with some of our content. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You, you may see me on TikTok, although... I'm sorry, y'all. We're going to have to come up with something other than throwing something in my face. That's that's not cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work well for the goober. <laughs> so I tell you what. Why don't we take a break? <laughs> why don't we ponder alternatives for me participating in the Hello Hot Challenge? And when we come back, we're going to wrap up the podcast. We do every episode talking about the best thing we ate this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History Tea, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History Tea, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Black Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and and let's let's get get dark. Everybody, this is JJ Outlaw and this is T Outlaw, and we are back for the third segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast, where we share the best things we ate this week. Um, as a reminder, we want to hear from you, the listeners. So, if you have something that you absolutely think everyone needs to know about in your hood, whether it's something that you made, an old family recipe, or maybe a favorite restaurant, just hook us up with that recommendation by going to the Gourmet Goober at gmail.com. Again, that is the Gourmet Goober at gmail.com and maybe we'll read your letter on the show so as always we start this segment with my best friend and that dude big daddy sharing the best thing he ate this week and what was your choice my choice for the best thing i ate this week actually came fairly recently um the goober decided to uh change things up and surprise me with a uh, little ditty that she pulled from, uh, I believe it was a website. Um, which one? I know I made a lot of stuff. There were a lot of websites. Well, yeah, no, I no, I, I've been doing a lot of cooking lately because we've been staying close to home and we've been saving our money for, you know, new equipment and stuff like that. So which one in particular? I'm surprised. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, all the food goes to the dog. <laughs> that is not true. The doggy producer has a high, like... <laughs> As a high salary, but uh, the best thing I ate this week was uh, called, if I believe right, it was Chinese chicken. That's right, Chinese chicken and cucumber with the little my little finger in there, <laughs> the pinky finger for all the kids. Chinese chicken and cucumber salad, uh, mala salad, if I believe right. Oh, that's stuff I made from Omsom. Yes, correct. yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, you guys. I don't know if I talked about them on the show. I, if not, I want to throw it in the, into the wild world of the internet that I want to interview these two. Omsam is this really awesome company 
that were started by two sisters who are the daughters of Vietnam refugees. And the really cool thing about Amsam is that Amsam provides you with like all of these great starter um, sauces so that you can create in a matter of minutes um, just a lot of great um, Asian-inspired dishes. And at first they had like this starter pack that I got Okay. And it had like different flavors, including, and it ranges anywhere from like the mild, like I think there was like a Korean, the bulgogi that I make sometime. Yes. Um, the mala salad, I, I was kind of hesitant to try it because I know it's so spicy. Yeah, plus, it's spicy. <laughs> plus this particular one recipe that you can get from the site. So not only can you get like, um, I don't know, the starter sauce. You can get the recipes from the site, right? Um, but yeah, not only did the recipe have chicken, but cucumber, which you're not really fond of, but you kind of need the cucumber to cool off the hella hot spiciness mm-hmm. of like the red pepper. And it also has cilantro. Yes, which also you're not fond of, but the cilantro really does a great job as far as cooling it down too. Yes. Um, And yeah, dude, you loved it. That, that was really the best thing you ate this week. I'm proud. <laughs> it was the simplest thing I had this weekend. It was actually quite healthy, which was a new thing for me. That's not new. I mean, we've been I really... mean, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, we've been making a lot more dishes lately. Because, like I said, we when the equipment decided to go on the fritz, when Loki, the god of mischief... No, no, sorry. Loki the Asgard decided to F with our equipment... I'm, I'm sorry, just as a side note, I kind of like that trajectory. We're going to keep that. That's that's going to be part of the stories of our podcast history. If we ever tell like the history of the Gourmet Goober, Loki's going to be part of it now after this episode. <laughs> the narration from Loki. <laughs> oh, my God. If Tom Hiddleston could ever do the narration for that, oh, my God, I would just die. I'm, I'm trying to psych myself up because there's one more episode of Loki called Assembled. Where they go behind the scenes and they make it, and he narrates it. And I saw like 10 minutes of it, I'm like, I am not emotionally ready to hear him talk like this. I'm not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if I could take it anymore. So, Tom Hilson, again, if you could narrate the history of the Gourmet Goober, I would be so grateful. Yes. My too. husband would no. be grateful for it. No, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Perfect stick up the lip. Television <laughs> from the tele. So anyway, going back to that, um, I can't recommend Om Semenap. Most of their recipes, you can make them in about 20 minutes. Mm-mm. They're really convenient. And they have been doing these really great um, collaborations as of late. So, for example, Christy Teigen. Um, and we're not going to go into details for some of you. You know that Christy Teigen has been on the news and social media for the wrong reasons other than her cooking prowess and things like that. But there is a collaboration that I also made, the Kripal. Okay. Um, recently, and it was a collaboration with Amsam and Christy's mother, Pepper. If you guys had a try- chance to try the Kripal, oh my God, so good. It's like a Thai stir fry with like basil and green beans and we made it with pork and it's really good but i'm glad you like this i was really nervous when i gave it to you yeah i have the kapow yeah you had the kapow 
Do you make me go kapow? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I to, like I the kapow. I need to try that again to remember it. Okay, I'll have to make it for you again. Plus, just as a side note, they give you bonus seasoning if you order the kapow. Just say. Okay. <laughs> cool. So. What was the best thing you ate this week? The best thing I ate this week was actually a recipe that I made as, as well. And I'll try to remember to put the links to it in the show notes. But I made um, honey garlic um, roasted salmon. And again, this we ate that with some steamed vegetables, which sound boring as heck. <laughs> There's no get up and go to that kind of recipe. True. But the particular combination that I was able, you know, the... Honey, which it called for honey, but just as a side note, I actually use a guave syrup because I normally don't keep honey in, in the house. Um, but yeah, I didn't notice the difference. So the guave plus the garlic, which I doubled the garlic because you know me, every recipe that calls for garlic, I double it because it's garlic. Yeah, she she <laughs> takes garlic pretty pretty hard. Look, there's going to be no vampires in our family, okay? True. <laughs> the outlaw family will not be taken away by vampires. Thank you very much. Damn skippy. <laughs> but no, all jokes aside, it was a very simple recipe. It only took maybe 10, 15 minutes to do. Um, but it was simple and delicious. And I just, I really love recipes like that where, you know, it kind of takes the convenience out of um, takeout, if you will. And it was one of those things that you really love, which is funny because you don't really love a lot of fishy stuff not that i make a lot of fishy stuff for you but in this particular instance it was something that we both were fighting over the last piece so <laughs> so yeah so i will try to put the links um to the recipe in the show notes is one that's worthy to be um shared and i will also put a link to omsum in the show notes because again omsum is amazing and Seriously, y'all, I want to interview the sisters who created this company because it is so, 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 so good. And I can't recommend them enough. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram, I actually made like a little video of how I created one of the recipes using um, their sauces. So you can even see that as well. But we'll link to them because they are pretty good and I know they deserve some shine. Got it. All right. Awesome. So we have finally done it and wrapped up yet another episode of the Goldmary Goober after a very long, unexpected break. So Big Daddy, it's always where can they find you online? Where can they find me online? Well, in, you know, in case they want to hit you up, give you tips <clears throat> on what voice I should do since you're stuck on Loki. Um, that <laughs> sort of thing. You know, if Tom wants to reach out to my husband and say, I'm sorry, do it. How can they find you online? Well, <laughs> you can find me, T-Outlaw, yes. on Twitter at T-Outlaw, oh. and you can also find me on Instagram at T-Outlaw, Chelsea Wells. Ooh, okay, I just realized something. Um, and that would be? We won't talk about it now. Ah, damn it. <laughs> so you can find me, JJ Outlaw, um, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can also find me at the Gourmet Goober. You can also do, 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 do. 
send us an email at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Again, I'm not a fan of Facebook. If you've listened to the show, you know that Facebook is not my favorite medium at all. But y'all, if you really want to get a hold of me on Facebook, you can. You can just go to the Gourmet Goober blog. That's what we used to be. Speaking of the Gourmet Goober blog, you can hit us up at Gourmet Goober. Also, while you're on the site, you can see everything from old recipes when we were a foodie blog. <laughs> um, some press from our previous adventures before we became a podcast. Um, you can also check out some really cool stuff, including get some goober gear and help support to sew. And you can even donate. So if you want to put five on it to help us continue growing our podcast and some of the incredible things that we have coming down the pike, you can certainly do that. All of that and more you can find at the Gourmet Goober. Again, that's the gourmetgoober.com. So for Big Daddy and I, I just want to say thank you so much. We're so excited to be back. And until next time, happy eating. Cheerio.